It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You're listening to Fox News Radio. I'm Ben Dominich. One of the funny things that happens in media coverage today is a recurring type of incident that reflects the insular quality of today's media class. Everyone was talking about it, but no one reported it. As an indictment of what ails the current state of media, there's no stronger indication of their bias, not just out of partisanship, not just out of opposition to reporting stories that displease our ruling class, But even to the point of having to actively lie and cover up things any average American knows to be true. The most prominent recent example is found in the reaction to special counsel Robert Hur's findings regarding Joe Biden's longtime hoarding of classified documents. Despite the wealth of evidence of illegal mishandling, Hur would not bring a suit against the president, believing him too feeble-minded to achieve a conviction at trial. All at once, it seemed like every White House journalist with a story about Biden's age, heightened confusion, etc., was now willing to address a truth so obvious that every American can see it. The man is declining precipitously before our eyes, and the White House staff, angry as they might be about the coverage, are incapable of hiding it any longer. Here from Dylan Byers, the media critic over at Puck, This week, I surveyed members of the White House press corps, reporters, on-air correspondents, photographers, etc., and they all emphasized that the symptoms of Biden's age had become more noticeable in recent months and a frequent discussion topic at the desks behind the Brady briefing room. Quote, anyone who covers this White House knows he's showing the signs of his age. He whispers, he shuffles, he misremembers, one White House reporter told me. Anyone with an elderly parent knows what this is. Since the beginning of Biden's term, many White House journalists have reported on or alluded to concerns about Biden's age in often gentle or euphemistic ways. Nevertheless, several of the journalists I spoke with said the true significance and importance of that issue, as they observed it, was not reflected in the coverage, often due to the sense that it was sensitive or unseemly, or because there was no obvious evidence that it had affected his performance as president beyond optics, or, left unsaid, perhaps because they didn't want to ruin their relationship with the White House by being the lone wolf to speak up. Quote, it was something that felt indelicate to to talk about, one member of the White House press corps told me. In retrospect, some journalists felt like it probably warranted more coverage. The amount of time we spent talking about it versus the time we spent reporting on it was not the same, one of the reporters said. There should have been tougher, more scrutinizing coverage of his age earlier. Yet the media failure here doesn't really stop at pretending Joe Biden is a fully functional president. It goes far beyond that, lacking the self-reflection to consider if one of the major reasons for the industry's struggles in the post-COVID era is directly tied to this lack of trust, which exploded thanks to a litany of factors over the past several years. For Republicans, there was the Hunter Biden laptop story. For Democrats, the collapse of the hopes of Russiagate. For independents and everyone else, there was the total disaster of the rush to judgments on COVID. The media ran with health advice that was decreed and then debunked. Policy responses that were decried and then approved. 
And of course, the societal upheaval, disastrous job and education loss, and mandatory vaccines that turned out to be a lot less effective than how they were sold. If someone lies to you that much, then gives themselves awards along the way, eventually you stop taking their word for it. Trust in media is at an all-time low, according to multiple polls. I don't think that'll surprise any of our listeners. But a better reflection than the polls can be found in the ramifications for employment. Here, the effects of that lost trust are measurable and astonishing. As a whole, according to the calculations of firm challenger Gray and Christmas, 2023 saw job losses across media of over 21,400 jobs the worst non-COVID year since the financial crisis and Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. More of the Ben Dominish podcast right after this. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. The first two months of 2024 have seen those job losses continue including multiple prominent entities that shut down entirely. The Messenger, Jimmy Finkelstein's latest outlet, laid off all 300 staffers. Sports Illustrated laid off almost its entire staff. Sports Illustrated has laid off most of its employees. That's according to a union for the magazine's workers and the News Guild of New York. Known to many for its swimsuit issue for decades, the magazine was the standard bearer in sports journalism. Vice announced it would stop publishing entirely. NBC News, CBS News, Time Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, and Condé Nast all saw layoffs in the double and triple digits. LA Times announcing massive layoffs today, cutting the jobs of at least 115 employees. It's the largest workforce reduction in the paper's 142-year history. The billionaire owner of the Times says the cuts are necessary because the paper is losing 30 to $40 million a year. Even the insulation of Washington wasn't enough to keep journalists employed. NPR shut down its local D.C. site to focus on audio. And BuzzFeed, which cut back its entire news division to save on costs in 2023, announced further cuts and spun off its complex brand in February for cash less than a decade after it was named one of the media's most valuable startups by Business Insider, which itself cut 8% of their staff in January. The great hemorrhaging of the media landscape should give the members of these institutions pause, both to consider the nature of their approach and what they could be doing differently. Instead, they're behaving like Principal Skinner. If I were a truant boy out for a good time, I'd be right here, the Springfield Natural History Museum. (laughs) You're mine, Simpson. Boy, there are no children here at the 4-H club either. Am I so out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Rather than recruiting a more ideologically diverse newsroom or responding to the success of heterodox outlets on Substack, YouTube, Spotify, etc., by bringing similar voices into their commentary sections, they foment accusations of misinformation and disinformation, and even call on government entities to censor their freestanding competitors and keep the old guard in a protective bubble. Politico's national investigative correspondent, Heidi Prisbilla, offered a perfect example of the media mindset in a February appearance on All In with Chris Hayes where she attempted to describe the real danger of Donald Trump's potential return to power as being his support among Christian nationalists. So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist 
element. You're going to hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very uh, very schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man Men, mm-hmm. it is men, yeah, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, for, mm-hmm. Catholicism, for instance. It's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Right. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. But now you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that, as you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama this week that judge is connected to that dominionist uh, faction Mm -hmm. in talking about um, a lot of other issues, including surrogacy, IVF, uh, you know, sex education in schools. There's a lot in addition. And therein lies the rub, Dexter, because the men are the one who get to decide what God thinks and feels about these issues. Prisbilla was deluged on social media, as people noted the many, many Americans who shared this extreme belief, starting, of course, with the authors of the Declaration of Independence. In response, rather than expressing humility, she doubled down. Back in December of 2016, then New York Times executive editor Dean Baquette responded to the shock of Donald Trump's election by addressing the newsroom's lack of religious diversity. In an interview with NPR, he said, We have a fabulous religion writer, but she's all alone. We don't get religion. We don't get the role of religion in people's lives. And I think we can do much, much better. Eight years later, no one is doing much better. And people are tuning out because of it. I'm Ben Domenech. You've been listening to Fox News Radio. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.